looking for her eyes I'm a night smoking cigarettes Pop up pills, try to stop time Forgetting regrets now Forget our regrets now Party pour her eyes out Whiskey shots and red wine Blackout, blackout I'm sad, naive, but quite wild now Yeah, I'm quite wild now Just rushing by as I sing your lullabies Help you sleep before I die Does that make me the bad guy? Make me the bad guy I'm singing joy
KFF.FM is community radio for San Francisco. Good evening, good morning, good night, whatever it is. You're on Bay Time. I'm Christopher Beale. That's my friend Poyo Damar. And this is our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community and LGBTQIA independent recording artists. Artists of all sort. Poyo, you stood me up like a bad grinder date last week. What happened? Well, it was Pride Month, and I just, girl, you I stood, got a fro- did you stand me up for a bad grinder date? <laughs> I got, I got a frog in my throat, and that's unfortunately been the only thing in my throat for Aww. all of Pride Month. So no, it wasn't like that. I have just been on the go, on the go, on the go, and I simply overslept. It's what happens sometimes. A girl needs her beauty sleep. It was fun. I just, I had fun making fun of you the entire show. I mean, really. But but you did leave me out on a limb. But here's the good news that you also, uh, folks that may be new to On Baytime don't realize, but I mean, you you pick a majority of the music that we play on the show, too. You're very, very good at scouring the interwebs for queer artists. That's something you've helped me with a lot. And so you had you had set me up weeks before with a bunch of uh, what in radio we would call ads, some uh, some new new music to add. And we hadn't really had a chance to add a lot of that music to the show because we've had, you know, Todrick and Rabel and uh, Sorrow. And I mean, it's just been busy, busy, busy hour, an hour of content in a two hour Mm -hmm. show. So there's not a lot of room for new music. But um, I had just me last week. So we added a ton of new music, uh, a lot of it that you picked so um yeah. so, listeners, so it worked out you're fine. welcome yeah. you're welcome you got to listen to all the fabulous new music from these queer and largely independent artists and we we were able to finally bring you all that good stuff and it all worked out because you're here now it's true Poyo, last week I recapped Pride Weekend in San Francisco, um, kind of just covered everything that I had seen from uh, from the People's March to uh, visiting our friends at Sonoma County Pride and seeing Todrick Hall. Um, but I'm curious as to what you got into. So we're going to recap Poyo's Pride coming up this evening on Baytime. We're also going to check in with the gay news. We're going to play some new music. It's kind of a fun show and it's hella gay. That's what we're here for. This is on Baytime. You're on BFF.FM. Welcome. I feel like all these people in this room don't shine like you. If I could bottle you up, I would sip you like cosmic juice. So give me that good love, good, good love all night. Don't need your cash. I got my own to spend it on you.
FF.FM Sleeping off the side effects again I
BFF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. This is On Bay Time. I'm Christopher Beale. That's my friend, Poya Del Mar. And this is our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. Last week on the show, I got to recap my Pride weekend, talk about the stuff I did from the People's March to uh, Todrick Hall in Sonoma County. Um, you were out of town for part of Pride and just running all over the place. Your weekend was nuts. Um, recap, what, it, what, what was Poyo's Pride like? Yeah, so I had a really, uh, first of all, the reason I overslept for last episode was because I looked at my calendar and realized I had not taken a single day off in about six weeks. I did something different working work-wise every single day for six weeks. And I just, you know, I came back from the actual Pride weekend. And next thing I know, I'm like just zonked out. But um, Friday, the Friday before San Francisco Pride, I actually had a show in Las Vegas. So um, I went down to Las Vegas on Wednesday to stay with one of my um, now very dear friends um, who in the wrestling world goes by the name Dark Sheik. And she is uh, the producer and mastermind behind Hood Slam here in the Bay Area. So a lot of people in the Bay Area will know of Hood Slam, which is one of the most iconic independent professional wrestling organizations I can think of that's running today. And so she now lives in Las Vegas and was doing a show called Fearless. So I was done there for this predominantly all LGBTQ plus uh, professional wrestling event uh, in Vegas on Friday. And that was just amazing. It, it brought back together a lot of our friends who had done a previous show, the Effie's Big Gay Brunch show. So we got to come come back all together. Let's get Effie on the show sometime. Oh my God. I, would, I think uh, on Baytime listeners would love Effie. Yeah. I think it, I mean, it would be easy to get them on because- um, are you saying Effie is easy? Poya Del Mar, are you saying right here on On Baytime that Effie of Effie's Big Gay Brunch fame is easy? Okay, I'm sorry. saying that I'm well connected to Effie. I'm just so. trying to start a beef because it'd yeah. be more fun that way. But the, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm like- a, Get uh, Effie to do a run-in, I'm, put you through a table. Be nice. I, I would love that actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had, I had done that and I, y'all, I've been doing so much professional wrestling stuff right now. I'd done the previous weekend. I'd done. Clarify though. Like you don't actually wrestle. No, I do not okay. wrestle specifically. <laughs> Cause that um, I would pay to see. I'd come to that show. Um, I am a, a personality in the world of professional wrestling, whether that be a ring announcer or a uh, color commentator or even a manager. So a ringside manager, meaning manager for those of you who are listeners, like in the sense of being at ringside with a talent to sort of create an act for the viewers. Yeah. So, you know, I was, in and you're very good at it, by the way. Thank you. You, uh, it's funny. You, I often say that you're the queen of the humble brag, but you, um, when it comes to wrestling, you're like soups humble. So I just want you to know you're good at what you do. The, the wrestling thing is because I, I think I'm actually quite humble about that because of the fact that I feel, um, you know, like I'm going to use my own experience. So like, I feel like the fat unpopular kid who got invited to the party anyway, and they're just <laughs> excited to be there. Um, and that's, I, I don't, for, if you're a fat and popular kid out there, I totally relate because that I, that's from my own experience. Like, so I know exactly what that feels like, but I, I always feel like, um, I'm surrounded by people who I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a fan of this person. I'm a fan of that person. And so when just to be in that environment for me is so exciting. Anyway, so I, I drove back from Vegas 
Um, yes, I drove. I was, I was about to ask and I didn't want to like derail your story, but why? I drove to Vegas because- Were flights that bad? Um, well, flights have, because we are now returning to like more of a normal life flight and flights were losing money for so long. Flights are jacked through the roof. What yeah, would normal Like- That's true. No, that, that, that From San out. Francisco to Vegas would normally cost about $150 round trip at most. The cheapest flight I could find to Vegas- um, even a month before the the thing was like three hundred and fifty four hundred dollars, and so Jeez. once you get down there, because of COVID, if you're taking Ubers or doing anything like that, that's also through the roof. One of my friends paid seventy dollars to Uber from his hotel to wow. hang out with us. So, uh, and it was like I want to say like seven miles. So it's not like some crazy long thing. It was absurd. So I drove down there because in addition to like just being more cost effective, once I got there, then it allowed me to be more mobile. open to mobile. Yeah. yeah, I could I could do more things. So I did drive back on Saturday and that was friggin' exhausting. Whew, it's exhausting. Um, and then Sunday I went to Juanita Moore's pride party. Oh yeah, I yeah. saw your pictures on the grams. That was like the last Poyo sighting before you vanished <laughs> yeah, last week. So I was much. like, uh, did she just not make it out of Juanita Moore's pride party? Or? Juanita Moore's pride party. We had Juanita Moore on a few weeks ago, uh, a few episodes back, um, listeners. And she's such a lovely person, as you might recall from that conversation. But the party was off the charts. There were so many people there and it really truly felt like um, before, before it felt like the before times. Yeah. It felt like the before times so much. And it was lovely to actually, I I'll tell you a funny little story. I, I walked in and I bumped into one of my best friends, MGM grand, another drag performer. And I was I, like the hotel. No, nice. not the hotel, but the hotel my, was there. You know, the party is packed when uh, the MGM grand. Shows. Exactly. The, uh, well, she's shaped boxy like that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't. Listen oh to the my show. god! And let me tell you, she's had more. She's had more people in her than them, Jim. Wow! Just saying, okay. The views and opinions of Poyo Del Mar are those of Poyo and Poyo alone, and do not necessarily reflect the views of me, BFF.FM, or on Baytime. Go on. Yeah. Well, the the great part is though, you don't have to make a reservation to get in her. <laughs> get back to your story before anyway, I shut your mic off. Anyway, um, she ran into me, and you know we. We were having a good time. Like it was our first time. We we've been we've hung out. She was part of my bubble, my COVID bubble, right? So, but at the same time, we were talking, and I was like, "Oh my god, MGM! I'm seeing people here that I that I legit thought were dead." And she's like, "Girl, I know the way you pay attention to people and to to you, some of these people are dead." And I was like, "That's true, actually, bitch. Thank you for reminding me." But I had a wonderful time there. I was with my drag daughter Aurora Forte, and we had a beautiful time. And then. I left early because my friends were wrestling in the East Bay and the wrestling thing y'all is, you know, it's weird because at this stage of my life, I've always, always loved it. But at this stage of my life, I'm like, I'm just going to spend as much time around wrestling as I can. I think. Poya Del Mar, were you happy with your pride weekend? Did you enjoy it? Oh my God. Yeah. I love pride weekend. Uh, and I love the fact that we, as much as I recognize the need for it to be um, something huge and celebratory. I also really kind of loved the feel of a more confined pride. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, it, it felt a little, little bit less. Um, it definitely felt less corporate, which was great. It and felt less overwhelming. It yeah. less felt less all in 
consuming. Um, there was none of the visible signs of, you know, like I think about this, like our city ends up looking the way that some of the people who go to pride end up looking like wrecked and like destroyed and like recovering and hung over our city ends up looking that way for like several days after. And I, and I kind of appreciated that that didn't happen this year. It's true. The city's still beautiful. Well, I mean, then the 4th of July happened. That's a different story altogether. Yeah, we'll talk about that um, with Marco. audio of how insane San Francisco was during the 4th of July. That's coming up on Baytime on BFF.FM. I'm crazy. I changed my mind. I go back and forth, up and down all of the time. I can be selfish. Sometimes I'm cruel. The world breaks me down. I block you out, then run back to you. But if there was anything I could tell you I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for you Take my hand, please forgive me And don't give up when it's not easy, baby
spend a lifetime just trying to prove it to you. BFF.FM Check my 
BFF.FM, Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beal. That's my friend, Poyo Del Mar. So we are through with Pride Month. We're eight days into July, which means it's 40 degrees in San Francisco. Just kidding. But it has been, it's bouncing back and forth between these beautiful warm days and then these kind of cool days. The 4th of July was forecasted to be clear in San Francisco um, for the evening, like one of those nights where allegedly you'd be able to see the fireworks from as far as the eye can see. It turned out that was not a thing for a lot of people. (laughs) I was downtown and um, the scene was festive, but definitely not as um, as far. It it wasn't as peopley, if I can make that a word, um, as it has been in in years past. Peopley. This audio that you're gonna hear in the background while we recap this was recorded um, in downtown San Francisco well after the municipal fireworks were over. So we're talking late night. It was kind of war zone-ish outside, but that's the 4th of July. The thing that um, the thing that's weird about it though is that it's like this night where we just punish our firefighters. It's probably their worst night of the year. San Francisco Fire's Twitter last night was exploding with that's with actually, rockets, red glare. It's actually, it. I was going to say that's a great. Rockets, red kind of glare. Proud of that pun. Um, it was just like every intersection <laughs> seemed to have a fire at it. At one point, somebody on Twitter tweeted, "As you do." Um, at this point, it would be easier for San Francisco Fire to just tweet the intersections that aren't on fire. Um, and Oakland apparently had a, a pretty crazy night when it came to fires as well. I just hate fireworks. No, oh, just like the whole concept in general, you don't like them? It's they they irritate me. I think they should be reserved exclusively for theme parks when when there's like, you know, a a fireworks show. I think they should be exclusively saved for Pro wrestling pyro. <laughs> See, you're you and I are probably on the same page with this. I I, I like intentional pyro. When I know pyro's coming, give me all the pyro, but I don't like surprise pyro. <laughs> I, it just was, you know, the the part I tweeted, uh, you know, on Fourth of July night as well, that y- you can tell how kind of off the hook San Francisco generally is with the overuse of fireworks anyway, because my dogs didn't even flinch. Like you know, Aww. it like it was so consistent and ongoing. They didn't even it didn't even bother them. Um, the only time that it really bothered them is if there would be like a long lull, and then all of a sudden it would start back up. Yeah, the surprise fireworks. So yeah, <laughs> it was just one of those things that it just irritates me. You know, because ninety percent of the time nobody's watching that shit. You know, nobody's watching it. You're just making explosions. I don't mind, of course, like, you know, we have the expectation that if the, whatever, the baseball team wins, then we're going to, there's going to be fireworks fireworks or all of those things. And there's, but at the same time, just 4th of July, I don't know if you are not actually doing a fireworks display where people are going to be able to watch and participate as viewers and spectators, then it's just irritating to me. Yeah. It doesn't feel celebratory. It's just, no. Uh, it's gratuitous. It's, yeah, it's mayhem for the sake of mayhem. Uh, it, look, it's it's interesting. It gives us something to talk about. But I think I think ultimately it just uh, walking home last night, for example, from the Castro. I walked home right about the time the municipal fireworks started, so like nine thirty. I'm walking home from the Castro, and it truly sounded like there were gun battles happening all around me the entire walk home. I mean, it it's 
I can understand how someone with P, with like PTSD would, would would struggle with that, but I don't want to just like bitch about fireworks the whole time. Like um, the municipal display looked beautiful. I got home in order to catch in time, just in time to catch the end of it on on Cron, um, and it, it was beautiful. It's nice to kind of see um, celebration returning, even if it's not you know the the kind of celebration that you know I'm going to go stand in the crowd for. I don't know. I think that the other part of this is that half the time San Francisco is so overcast you can't see them anyway so it's like oh well. That reminds me of a funny thing that happened. Apparently a bunch of people this may happen every year for 4th of July but it happened again on the 4th this year. A bunch of people went up to Twin Peaks hoping to be able to watch the fireworks over the whole city and you know ended up just watching the inside of a cloud so yeah. I think fireworks are better outside in like where you're in some places really open and flat and you can sort of see everything and then like that's great, and then it's done in fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, surprise fireworks, me no likey. But the Fourth of July was fun, especially in a city like this where, you know, my house literally attaches to the house next to me, and our, you know, so it's like if one thing goes, like, you know, somebody's being stupid. Next thing you, do, the whole block is like a cinder. Yeah, thankful. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what the damages were last night, but there were probably a lot. minimal. Um, and at, well, in Oakland, they had a three alarm fire. Um, only three alarms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Underachievers. My goodness. Well, happy 4th of July, Poyo Domar. Happy Independence. Yes, I miss Independent. Like Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> what? I, I just... I don't know. You were waiting for more. He's like I was. I was, I was like, waiting oh. for this great punchline, and then I got... Nothing. You know, Kelly Clarkson. Hello, I'm Miss Independent, like Kelly Clarkson. We're a few minutes away from the gay news. I love Kelly Clarkson. Or more Kelly Clarkson. You're on BFF.fm and on Baytime.
on Baytime. BFF.FM.
FF.FM is community radio for San Francisco. I'm Christopher Beal. That's Pollo Del Mar. And you're on Baytime. It's our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. On Baytime is a play on on gay time, <laughs> which is, you know, a little late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's revenge for me leaving you hanging earlier, isn't it? Um, we wanted to move through the gay news. The gay agenda doesn't exist, but the gay news does. And uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up, this is from Ebar. Um, he's been That's the Bay Area reporter for those of you outside of the San Francisco area. Is, yes, uh, written by Jim Provenzano. After a decade as the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, uh, Dr. Tim Selig is going to retire um, at the end of the chorus's 44th season. So 2022, he's going to retire. This guy's been conducting gay men's choruses for 35 years. He was at the Turtle Creek Corral in Dallas, which is a huge gay men's chorus, for 20 years before he came to San Francisco and joined the gay men's chorus. But he's retiring. And as someone who's frequently tired, retiring sounds nice. I've had the opportunity to meet Tim many times over the past decade that he's been with the Gay Men's Chorus. And in fact, I had the wonderful opportunity to actually perform with the Gay Men's Chorus. The crazy part to me about this is that I remember the announcement of Tim joining the Gay Men's Chorus, and it does not seem like 10 years ago. So, whoa, uh, girl. It was 20 years ago. Tw 20 years ago? I'm just kidding. 
Tim has been just so influential with that organization and that group, and they've done such beautiful work, you know, under his tutelage and guidance. So we'll have to look forward to seeing who could possibly fill his shoes. The Gay Men's Chorus, for those of you who are not necessarily familiar, will do a series of um, concerts throughout the year, specifically very popular at Christmas time at the Castro Theater. So they'll sell that out. Um, almost every year that they've done it, as far as I know. And Tim has really brought something special to and from that group of individuals. Dr. Tim Selig is the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and he's retiring in 2022. That was their song, Vaccinate, from their Harvey Milk Day performance on May 22nd, just a few weeks back. Yep, a month ago. Next thing I have in the gay news, um, this one I am putting in the weird flex bro category. Mm. I think you'll see what I mean. Staff at the San Francisco District Attorney's Office um, will be required now to ask and then use correct names, pronouns, and titles for transgender and non-binary victims, witnesses, and the accused. The thing that's weird about this is it says legal names will continue to be listed secondarily on all charging documents for the purposes of criminal record keeping, meaning um, basically all this means is that in court, the judge isn't going to dead name you. But that's that's all it means. Like it's I don't know. It, it feels and also that I don't know. Just the whole. Just, Anyways, the whole we'll call you by your correct name while we prosecute you. It's just the whole thing's weird to me. Well, well why? It just feels like the kind of thing that just is just the right thing to do and like didn't necessarily need to. Well, there's a lot of things that are the right thing to do, but that hasn't don't been get the, done. That yeah. hasn't been the policy for a long time. So once you know, you're changing a policy to begin so maybe I'm to just do sad the right that in thing. 2021. We still have to have press conferences to announce stuff like this. I think that's 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 at the core of my angst over this whole thing. Is it's just like why is this an issue still? It's sad. <laughs> I mean, I think that there are elements of this that partially make you know logical sense to me because totally one of the biggest obstacles and challenges of people, for example, who are going through uh, the transition phase of their life is that they have to go through while they may begin referring to themselves um, by a new name and begin to present as a new person legally, they are still yeah, somebody still, else. Yeah, steps. You know, they're they're there. So there's an entire process. And, you know, for those listeners out there who don't know, for example, if you are going to um, change your gender and change your name, you have to put a, an ad, literally an ad in the paper 
letting people know this. Um, no. Is that really a thing? Yes. My, I, uh, I previously hosted a podcast with, um, with, uh, an individual who was going through her transition at the time. And, you know, there's a, there's a financial as well as this whole people talk about it as like, you know, a shaming process. It feels like almost because you have to announce that, you know, so-and-so is going to be legally going by this name now. And it's a, it's a process. God. Um, so, and it's also a financial burden because, you know, people who quite often trans individuals are more economically or most often trans individuals are more economically disadvantaged than other members of the community as a whole. So, you know, it becomes this obstacle that one has to overcome to be able to pay for this and to go through this whole legal plus the legal changing of names doesn't happen free and all of these things. So in terms of the policy, not to, you know, like there's a reason presumably that, that, they will maintain this record because they, they do have to like still try to be able to track everybody and, and know what is going on and make sure that things are properly an annotated, I guess, in your files or whatever. So the, at least with that said, those individuals who may not have gotten to the point of legally changing their names or, you know, updating regardless them, of the reasons, exactly that they will be, acknowledged and referred to as who and what they are. And Boudin uh, did acknowledge in his statement, uh, that he said there's a long and often shameful history with law enforcement interacting with the community that we celebrate today. So it is a step in the right direction. I think just, just ultimately it makes me sad um, for, for our, our trans community members that this is like, I don't know. It just yeah, it just I, makes me sad. I th I think that the evolution of specifically trans individuals' experience with um, law enforcement is different for the trans individuals in our community because of the fact that they are they experience completely different things in many cases, and they're also more the most endangered. So in one way, they need that protection more and have the most comp yet have the most complicated relationship. Mm -hmm. By the way, Boudin, if he can do anything at this point to make his reputation seem a little cleaner, I'm sure he's going to do it or a little more appealing because he's like they've been barraged. I think that I think that's what this smelled like to me. And I think maybe that's why it, sent, smoke my, screen? it, it sent my hackles up is it's just like, uh, OK, all right, let's move on to something that is definitely good news. The biopharmaceutical company Gilead Sciences, which uh, makes a variety of medications, but namely the medications that combat and prevent HIV, um, have and now let's let's before I get to what they're um, what they're trying to make a reality, let me kind of paint the picture of the current reality. Um, and the current reality is way better than the realities of our of our forefathers who went through the AIDS crisis. I mean, they were on handfuls of pills a day to manage mm -hmm. HIV. The uh, the average HIV regimen now is a single pill, and that's for treating HIV and for pre exposure prophylaxis, where you just take one uh, every day. I'm on prep. I take I take a pill every morning, and that's it. Um, so. While that's extremely easy to do, mm -hmm. a sign it's not cheap, by the way, and we can talk about that. But um, like, I don't know if you've seen what the the retail price is on on these pills if you don't have insurance. But it's scary. Yeah, uh, fortunately, most people 
have this covered by some kind of insurance. Yeah, or God. or Gilead has a program for for low income folks um, that can that can basically just get the entire cost of it subsidized, which is really cool. But um, so that routine, a lot of people have gotten used to. Uh, it's just part of a lot of people set a timer. It's just kind of the thing you do. You take your you take your prep or you take your um, your pill for for HIV. Well, Gilead has requested approval of what could potentially be a huge game changer. It's a twice a year injectable HIV medication. Um, this is specifically for people with multi-drug resistant HIV. But um, this drug, you would basically go in twice a year and get a shot. And that's it. That's your entire HIV treatment. I think this could be I mean, on the surface, if it gets F FDA approval, which is what Gilead's trying to do, this could be a, a game changer for the treatment of HIV. What do you think? I mean, I think that that would – one of the reasons that there are multi-strain resistant HIV in existence is because of the fact that people um, have such a difficult time. Many people have a difficult time adhering to a treatment regimen and making it consistent, meaning like taking it every day, not letting it lapse, not um, – a lot, because what happens is when you your medication lapses, then you your viral your virus can become resistant to what you're on because it's has time to just sort of like interact with it at the mo at a less potent level, and so it sort of adapts to it. S similar to what we're seeing in some capacities with some of the things relating to COVID right now, but this specifically would potentially be a game changer because imagine not having to, for example even outside the United States where people are like to a greater degree have access to some of these things. Like imagine what it would be like for people who have very difficult um, experiences getting medications for HIV and they could just get a shot every six months or, you know, and this is, if this is possible now, then that means it's a sign that there's a one year and a five year plan ahead probably too. And imagine um, how effective this could be for PrEP too. You know, it's the same drugs. We were talking about this off the air before. Like mm -hmm. it, it's the same drugs at, at a, a different dose or in a different, they're a portion, of the same different drugs. Way, portion of the same drugs mm -hmm. um, that can prevent you from getting HIV. So, I mean, imagine a world where, I mean, for, for people that take PrEP, especially, I, I, I'm actually, it's probably everybody that takes PrEP. You, you're with a doctor every three months. You get, you get, tested for all STDs and and HIV across the board. So you're already visiting your doctor quarterly anyway. Um, what a game changer it would be to just, instead of going to get your prescription re-upped, you go, you, you get tested, you get your prep shot, and we'll see you next quarter. I think that, I mean, that's short of a cure. We're getting a lot closer to HIV being very manageable. Right. I mean, I think that, this would be significant for for many people because of the fact that um, I, I think first of all, if you can do it as a an injection for things like prep, where people, which basically, for those of you who are not familiar, prep is this um, a once a day medication which prevents you build a resistance to the virus that um, causes HIV. So the 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 actual virus becomes, you, you have an immunity to it because you have it in your system, the medication. So if you are able to do that, then it prevents, it's going to dramatically decrease the amount of transmission one would think. And then ultimately, 
hopefully we could cycle out of this uh, need for any of this stuff in you know a generation. I think that for those individuals who currently have and are experiencing HIV infection, this would be phenomenal because of the fact that it would take one less, you know, you just go to your doctor and it's just like you get a tetanus shot or you get, you know, whatever it is, your flu vaccine. We just all went, we're all going through that right now with the COVID vaccine. So, um, you know, and they have said that the COVID vaccine for, or whatever is going to probably need to be updated annually. So, this could be something that we're working towards for HIV too. So you could just go to your doctor and be like, okay, I need a whole bunch of different, you know, vaccines. My yeah. doctor has been nagging me about the hepatitis B vaccine. I want to say. Oh yeah. The, the, the one that's like three shots over the course of a year. I'm in the process of that. I've had shots one and two for hep A and B um, and, and I'll be getting shot three in a couple of months. My doctor is constantly like, you don't have stabbing that. you with things. Well, she, <laughs> She's like, a, like, like a vet making sure you're up on your shots. Like they, I've got so many shots that I have to apparently get. Like they just hit me with a blow dart on those. I'm, I'm trying to run out of the office. She's like, hold please. Poyo, welcome. <laughs> Ow! Drag queen down. Drag queen down. Yeah. So actually the thing, the crazy part is like the reason she's on me now is because I have attempted to get the hepatitis B, I want to say vaccine three different times. It's two shots. You have to do one and then return in like, I don't know how many weeks or a month or whatever to get the second one. And I've gotten it multiple times and I'm not showing an immunity yet. It's not showing in my system, but apparently there's a new vaccine for that, that she would like to try. And I'm just like, oh my God, I've like tried this so many times. I'm kind of over it. My feeling is, um, you know, if you're already getting stabbed. Why not? That's how I feel about it. Gilead uh, has submitted that to the FDA. It got breakthrough therapy designation in May of 2019. And um, Gilead is also planning to submit authorization applications to uh, the European Medicines Agency and other global bodies as well. So look for this on the market. Poyo, I am just freaking living for Lil Nas X. I'm going to talk more about what I mean. Um, She's obsessed with Lil Nas X, y'all. It's a crush, and it's also just respect. It's coming up on BFF.FM. how do you stand the rain? And how did you get to be so close to invincible without seeming out of reach?
Six minutes on BFF.FM, I will make my case to Poyo Del Mar for why I think Lil Nas X is this generation's Madonna. Like, I'm totally convinced. This is BFF.FM, AW, Runaway.
let you go I'm never gonna let you go Research high and low Found each other so I'm never gonna let you go I'm never gonna let you go FM Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beale. That's Poyo Del Mar. This is our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community and the queer artists that we are just living for. And my personal favorite right now, I think a lot of people's personal favorite in the queer community, solely just because he, to me, 
is 2021's queer Madonna. I'm talking about Lil Nas X. Um, Lil Nas X, if you don't know, um, finished his performance on the BET Awards by kissing a man, which was awesome. And it wasn't just a peck. This was a kiss. Um, I thought it was really cool. I really liked the performance. And Madonna tweeted him about it. Did she? Yeah. What'd you say? I don't know specifically, Thanks. but glad you have the info up there. But she responded to it on his on social media. So right after the performance, Lil Nas X, of course, started kind of getting um you know, getting the usual backlash from social media. And this has happened since um, since long ago, since the man came out. But um, since this performance, it's gotten really crazy. And the thing I love about Lil Nas X, besides the fact that he's a total hottie, is that he just does not back down from his haters at all. People are complaining that the song was unnecessarily gay, and he tweeted something, or the performance was unnecessarily gay, and he replied, we're four months in, and people are still acting surprised that I'm being gay and sexual in performances of a song about gay and sexual shit. <laughs> um, he's very sassy. He's very young. Um, that comes across on his social media. He's very gay. That comes across on his social media. And he just doesn't give a fuck. And I think that that's fantastic. I appreciate the fact that even with all of these things, you know, that we're talking about, that he still has strong support both at radio as well as um, with his fan base. Because one of the things that we've always talked about not on this show, but we as a community and we as people in the media, as personalities within the media have talked about is that most artists do not address their sexuality at the height of their career popularity because that, you know, it's always been considered like a career killer or we'll see people, for example, who are out from the beginning and they may have moderate success but they never have that breakthrough moment because people, uh, for whatever reason, you know, it, it's not connecting. And then here's little Nas X who to his, you know, his credit came out as gay when he had this, a song at number one on the charts. So he had this song out, um, old town road with Billy Ray Cyrus. And that was number one. And he came out at, at the height of that song's, you know, halfway through that song's run at number one. And then he returned um, with another song, which debuted, Montero, which debuted at number one. And it's in part- It's everywhere. Yeah, like the not only is it an incredibly good song, but it also in huge part was pushed to number one by that video, which, you know, had people gagging. They were like- whether gagging because it was the eleganza or gagging because they just couldn't take it. But that means you know, two things. Exactly. <laughs> they were double gagged. Well, so after the performance, he, he took to Twitter. One of my favorites is since y'all are still doing all of this over a kiss, I'm just going to fuck the 
I'm just going to say guy. I'm just going to fuck the guy on stage next time. It's really funny. This part I thought was really special. I found this last night. I brought it up at the dinner table and we all kind of uh, kind of had the same reaction to it. So I'm curious as to how you feel about this, Poyo. Kevin Abstract is an artist that we've played here on the show quite a bit. We've played his song, American Boyfriend. We've played Runner. He regularly interacts with Lil Nas X and... Um, he asks little Nas X, I'm going to pull this whole thread up in reply to the thing about having sex with the guy on stage. Next time, Kevin abstract says, little Nas X, are you a top or a bottom? And little Nas X replies, power bottom. There was no doubt in my mind, what no. he is in response. Little Nas X says, we teach our bottoms to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to bottoms, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you would threaten the top. And I think he said it perfectly. It's the gender norm that we've seen with men and women for years. So that that is part of it. I, I think that the bigger problem is, uh, first of all, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's true. But that's not the message that we say. I do think that we tell people who are bottoms that it's like emasculating so i think that i yeah like i mean i think that first of all if you can find me enough successful tops out there point them my way because there's just not any tops out there number one <laughs> and number two like every person that i know who is like wildly successful i suspect is a bottom anyway because they're like motivated and driven and they're, they're like bossy and pushy and all those things so I mean, I, I don't know. I I think that that tweet speaks to the the gender distinctions that we see in between men and women, as well as between apparently tops and bottoms in Little Nas X's mind. One hundred percent. So, as I've said and will continue to say, I live for Little Nas X. You know, he only wants to fuck the one he envies. So, <laughs> on. you better get you better get busy if you're expecting to hit that. Oh my god. I caught it bad just today. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles in my face. Romantic talking, you don't even have to try. You're cute enough to fuck with me tonight. Looking at the table, all I see is bleeding white. Baby, you live in the life, but nigga, you ain't living right. Cocaine and drinking with your friends. You live in the dark, boy, I cannot pretend. I'm not faced, only you to sin If you've been in your garden, you know that you can Call me when you want, call me when you need Call me in the morning, I'll be on the way Call me when you want, call me when you need Call me out by your name, I'll be on the way Like, yeah, mm -hmm. Time that I speak, a diamond and a nine. It was mine every week. What a time and incline. God was shining on me. Now I can't leave. And now I'm making hella illy. Never want the niggas that's in my league. I wanna fuck the ones I envy. I envy. Cocaine and drinking with your friends. You live in the dark, boy. I cannot pretend. I'm not faced. Only you to sin. If you've been in your garden, you know that you can. Call me when you want. Call me. 
You're on Baytime. BFF.FM. Try to tie your shoes 
to melt to the floor I didn't ask to even be born Both those happened when my spit goes I don't remember life before I That's what people do It's the ones left behind that really lose Why is everything so BFF.FM It's been way too long for me to find it this hard Sitting alone, my fingers picking the soul for a part In attempt to distract from the fact that I miss you I wonder if your friends have had to carry you home And stay for the night because they don't want to leave you alone Where before it was fun, it's becoming an issue I know it's cruel But I kind of hope you're tortured too Tell me, does your heart stop at the party when my name drops? Like you stood at the platform when the trains cross Are you hurting? Yeah, you must be Or is it just me? Sometimes screaming on the inside When I say that we broke up and they ask why Are you crying in the shower like a freak? Or is it just me? It's been three months and two days And five hours since I walked away And we left it so sour, I know That you're probably thinking you're better without me And all my days have turned cold But not as cold as your shoulder I've been thinking it over While I drink myself sober again Please understand That I know it's cruel But I kind of hope you're torture too 
Tell me, does your heart stop at the party when my name drops? Like you stood at the platform when the trains cross Are you hurting? Yeah, you must be Or is it just me? Tongue-tied, screaming on the inside When I say that we broke up and they ask why Are you crying in the shower like free? Or is it just me? Does your heart stop at the party when my name drops? Like you stood at the platform when the trains cross Are you hurting? Yeah, you must be Or is it just me? Sometimes screaming on the inside When I say that we broke up and they ask why Are you crying in the shower like a freak? With only cigarettes for company Are you crying in the shower like a Or is it just me? Hide away in my utopia. Too petrified to even look outside. But it's on the eye.
BFF.FM Community Radio for San Francisco. You're on Baytime. I'm Christopher Beale. That's Poyo Del Mar. I found this website that has some uh, like on this day and LGBT history content. And I just wanted to share this one. Do you remember Dick Button? I know. This is an old reference. 1978, a group of men uh, attacked some gay people in Central Park, and uh, he was one of them. 1978 was not that long ago. We still have work to do. This is my love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. It's on Baytime, part of a whole family of queer radio shows at BFF.FM, where we encourage you to become a bestie, support the work of BFF.FM. You get all kinds of cool bonuses. You you really should read up on it. BFF.FM. Thanks for listening. You're on Baytime.
anytime. BFF.FM Midnight in Brooklyn, you leaned in first I wasn't looking, but there you were My fallen angel, calling my name, calling my name My fallen angel, calling my name, calling my name Locked in a dark room, walking on air Don't have to see you, to know you're there Drive all the way Take me higher, yes, son. Your every desire. Take me home, but take me higher. The way you make me feel, I swear you take me higher, yes, son. Your every desire. FF.FM, you're on Baytime. This is Community Radio for San Francisco and our love letter to San Francisco's LGBTQIA community. Polio, we made it to the end of another show. Yes. What are you looking forward to this summer? What's on your agenda besides lots and lots of wrestling? Oh my God, literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. Lots so and lots of wrestling. I think that I'm actually going to Chicago to wrestle, um, do a wrestling event in at the beginning of September with Effie, who we mentioned earlier. On a local level, what I'm really looking forward to is getting to return to the back patio of the Eagle. They re The Eagle has reopened. They have renovated. They did a lot of renovations while COVID was shutting the world down. I've never been to the Eagle. And I've never, I, I go every, I used to go every single Sunday. It was my Sunday hotspot. Will you take me to there? 
oh my God, do you have to ruin my Sunday hotspot? That's fine. No. Yes, no, I'll I'm take cool. you no, there. That's fine. Cool. No. I'll take you there. Okay. I'll take you there. Exactly. I'm just really looking forward to that because I ran into one of my favorite people at Juanita Moore's party, and that was Race Bannon. Race Bannon, a longtime columnist for the Bay Area Reporter. He is an internationally recognized figure within the uh, leather and BDSM communities. And uh, he has written a column about that for a long time. So I always consider him my expert on anything Soma related. And I was like, race, are they opening? When are they opening the Eagle? And he was like, they opened it just in time for pride. So I have not been back since they reopened. And I'm very, very excited about it. On the way here to your home, Christopher, I did fly, uh, drive past um, the Eagle where they're flying their huge leather pride flag out in their new Eagle Plaza which also was built. And so I'm really looking forward to getting down to Soma and celebrating the Eagle and all of their um, wonderful new changes. I'm looking forward to not cold. Honey, it's San Francisco summer. Yeah. It is cold. Meaning I'm looking forward to October. Hey, uh, just to put a funny cap on this show, maybe this is just funny because I'm a big old pothead, but you know, remember that big fire that we mentioned earlier in the show that took place the on the 4th of fire. July in Oakland? I don't want to laugh at anybody's um, financial loss or misfortune, but it was a marijuana warehouse. Girl, they, they everybody is, everybody is stoned <laughs> as fuck. They could not keep any snacks on the, on the, any of the shelves in the local convenience stores. Here's my question though. Does the scene of a marijuana grow operation fire, once you put water on it, does it just smell like bong water? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of weed. I don't like the smell of it. So you, then you would hate bong water. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I would. Well, it's all medicinal now, unless you're an Olympic athlete. Yeah, God, don't. Yeah. Yeah, don't even. Don't start. Don't open that can of worms at the end of this show. Don't, this thing. No, we will be here all night. And maybe maybe we'll address that next week on Baytime. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Maybe we'll just stay out of it. Hey, we'll see you next week. If you want to reach out to either of us, I'm at Real Chris J. Beal on Twitter and Instagram. Poyo Damar is at the Glamazon PDM on Twitter. And what's your IG? It's Poyo Delmar fans. Fans. Poyo Delmar fans. Girl, this show, thank God, has flown by because I am beat, Henty. It's time to, now that we've talked the talk and walked the walk and danced the dance, Maybe I go get home and sleep you know, the sleep. Sleep the sleep. <laughs> From San Francisco, I'm Christopher Beale. That's Poyo Delmar. We'll see you next week on Baytime on BFF.FM. He has a snake tattooed on his face. And I heard he dropped out before the seventh grade. My mother cries when she hears his name. There's no one above him Daddy, I love 
I love him 